It's time to go beyond the locker room talk and listen in with me, GB, producer Jay, former patients and current friends of our own Cornell-trained, world-renowned urologist and surgeon, Dr. Michael Hyman. Let's talk about the issues on men's minds where no topic's out of bounds on another sit-down with two men and a doc. Welcome to this week's podcast of Two Men and a Doc. Producer JT, how are you? I'm doing good, GB. How are you? Excellent, thank you. Doc? I'm excited. What's news? Um, I'm not sure, but I think you're going to tell us. <laughs> yeah, I am? Absolutely. All right, let's just flip on. Lead it off, baby. All right, well, you know, actually, I did have something on my mind now that you mentioned it, luckily, because otherwise it would have been embarrassing. I, You know, it's getting to be springtime. Yep. I enjoy a little outdoor exercise, and one of the things I like to do is is bicycle. Mm. And I was thinking about we were sitting down today, and I thought springtime's associated with procreation. It can be for the birds or the bees, but for you, it's bicycling. It's bicycling, which you know, you must have kids already. Well, that's the thing. Yes, I do. But the, uh, you know, bicycling. I've I've ridden I've ridden hundred plus miles per day. I've ridden thousands of miles, and there are definitely times, especially. I'm trying to think if it's changed. I feel like as, as I've gotten older, it, I definitely feel a lot of numbness in my in my uh, lower regions there and i've tried different shorts i've tried different seats is that from just bicycling bicycling just bicycling you know but i'm on there for a long time and it's i i would say it's gotten better bicycle seats have changed a lot over the years but uh is this i'm assuming it's not about it being normal or not but what's the i've always wondered is there a long term because it doesn't go away right away either it's, it takes a couple hours you know which is there something to be concerned about something i should be doing differently as guys are out there and it might what, not just be cycling. Wait, wait, can, can you expand on that? Because I, I ride too. So you experience numbness on uh, a prolonged period of time in the saddle. Is that is that what yeah, you're saying? Right. And so what what actually occurs uh, when this when this happens? And then how does the feeling? How how what do you do to get that feeling back? Well, it's just time in that sense. But it it feels like. There's just no feeling whatsoever. You mean is it like your foot going to sleep? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's your it's your member. Is that the proper medical term, doctor? Member? We don't use that term. <laughs> okay. Member. Okay. We actually use the word penis. Can, can we or not? Can we yeah. use that term, member? Okay. <laughs> Members only. Members only. So does your uh, member? Uh, yeah, it just go goes to sleep. To, it just goes to sleep. Okay. It takes a nap. It's numb. Yeah, it's numb. Very numb. And are you? Let me ask you this: Have you ever? Maybe you can't answer this, or you don't want to answer this, but maybe we can put it in a different way. Do you think that when somebody's having numbness, they're still able to get an erection? I honestly don't know. Okay. Not really. Okay. It's, so, it's an interesting wait, question. Yeah. I haven't so, tried. I mean, so, okay. in other words. You've never had an erection while riding the bicycle. No. <laughs> is that is that your question, Doc? What about you? That would be GB. In the bike shorts that what I'm wearing, GB? I think any passing motorist might have a, a cause for concern. There might be a police, uh, you know, call to the scene. So, um, you know, if you really think about it from a kind of an evolutionary perspective, we're, our bodies aren't really made are designed to have this narrow object thrust into that perineal area as you have or perineal. G, yeah, JB, you were excited about discussing the perineum earlier. We offline talked about what did you call it? The, the patch of skin. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> GB was very excited about getting into yeah. a discussion regarding the patch of skin patch between of skin. the anus and the scrotum. Am I describing it correctly? Uh, that's the uh, 
perineal region. Ah, very good. That's right. That's right. So our bodies really weren't designed um, to accommodate a structure that's been that's taking the entire weight of our body on the perineum like that. I mean, if you think You're talking about, about this, it, the bike seat. I am talking about the bike seat. I mean, if you think about what, it, what like, else would he be talking about? I don't know. A long, slender <laughs> object. He said, "I really." Didn't well, know what I mean, no, it could <laughs> be. What was happening? It, it could be. He, he heard my story wrong. <laughs> um, I guess I am. I guess the, I mean, you know, there's probably I don't know other things out there, but yes, in general, I'm talking about the bike seat. I mean, even if you think about like a horse's saddle, it's a much wider object. Yeah. Your weight is distributed more broadly. Yeah, it's almost like an office chair at that point. Well, no, I don't know about that. Well, I mean, your, yes, your, but it's much wider. Legs are wrapped well, around. You've it. never been to JT's office. <laughs> well, <laughs> you've I never mean, ridden on a horse. Right. <laughs> Some people have those uh, those those desks that go up and down. I just sit on a horse. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> the ones like in those bars, the the the, right. yeah, the bull, the riding yeah, bull. It's hard. To That's take, what he has for a desk chair. It's hard yeah. to take calls. But, yeah. It's the ones in the playground that just bounce backwards. <laughs> Well, well, and all jokes aside, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I mean, as a urologist, we, and I'll get back to the question in a second, we see things like what we call saddle injuries, which is when somebody, for example, a child or even adult who, who lands on something, maybe they've fallen out of, they've fallen and they've landed in, in a way where they are kind of straddled or saddled around some kind of object. And it could be like a kid at the, um, at the park on one of those uh, toy toy horses and somebody like a parent dropped them or something and they smacked onto that object ends up with a sat what we call a saddle injury which is usually a urethral injury statistically is it true that most of the saddle there. injuries occur in the bedroom no oh okay but that's a good try very good try not sure where he's going with you're that back one. in the saddle <laughs> <laughs> i just don't know where he went with that but in any event so to answer your question we have it would be helpful for anybody who's listening to this if they happen to be online to pull up a picture of the bony pelvis that literally just the pelvis the, the bone, bony pelvis. bony pelvis so the skeleton of your pelvis and what you'll notice is that there are these arcing bones at the bottom of your pelvis, okay, there's little holes on the side, but those arcing bones, the the most the bottommost portion of your pelvis have these arcing bones, and the bottom of those arcs, we call those the ischial tuberosities. And it's those I don't know how you guys remember this. Okay. Is, is, is the penis considered an arcing bone? It's no. A, it's a bony. No, it's at the center. It's at the center, <laughs> but it is it is part of the on the inner surface of those ischial tuberosities. Part of Ischial the tuberosities is where the root of your penis connects to. We call it the cruce of the penis. That's the why cruce or the crux? The, the cruce, C-R-U-S. And that's cruce. why when you get an erection, it's like the root of the tree. And the root of that tree, if you want to think of your penis as the tree, and these are the roots, it, it, they, are, they are affixed to the inner surface of that ischial tuberosity. What does it mean to be crucified? I mean, now you're changing the subject on me. I have no idea. Okay. But the bottom line is, I don't know where he's going today. Neither do I. He's really going far. I thought there was going to be he's a tree far. trunk reference, but he, <laughs> went, he went a whole nother We're direction. We're getting into religion. Yeah. Um, so it turns out that there are these, there is a um, blood vessel, an artery, and a vein that also travel along that ischial tuberosity. Mm. On the an inner artery surface and a vein. And I'm on the inner surface, compression and is not such a great. Thing. That's the idea. Yeah. So when you're on the saddle, 
your that saddle is directly compressing both that artery and the nerve. Did I say vein? I meant artery and nerve. There's also a vein, but the key is the artery and the nerve. Artery okay, and the nerve. it's the pudendal artery and the pudendal pu- artery and the pudendal nerve. I mean, clearly, pudendal. blood flow those, was the issue, but I well, didn't, no, no, no. I think I think it's two. I think oh, it's two different things. Yeah. I think in your case, it was probably more that you were causing a little bit of. Uh, um, uh, nerve damage. Not even damage, but you were compressing the nerve. It's like when you when you um, hit your funny bone. There's mm-hmm. a nerve there. Oh, it's a funny bone, all right. That's really a yeah. It's a funny <laughs> bone. When you when your leg falls asleep, it's because you've somehow compressed a nerve that's going down your leg, and you've lost sensation in that does, area. Does weight? It's usually anything? less about blood flow, but it could also be blood flow. Does weight have anything to do with this? If you're uh, a, a heavier dude in the saddle versus a lighter dude in the saddle. You know, I mean... Or, it, or is it just positioning I don't know. Of, of that seat in that... Uh, because I could think of reasons for and against that. There's a lot more padding. If you got a lot more fat there, right. then those structures aren't going to be compressed. Right. On the other hand, you got a lot more weight. So right. I, I, right. I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, there's, but there's new bike seats that, that have a... Split saddle. have a hole in the middle. They have yeah, a split. Yeah. So they're trying to avoid you that compressive effect there they're trying to take that part of the seat away essentially there's even some that like go down there's nothing there that's right uncomfortable right does the prostate have anything to do with this numbness no no not at all not at all nothing but but what i would say is like a drinking game when will gb bring up the prostate Um, so I don't know in your case whether it was that you were compressing the nerve and that was causing the numbness, or you're right, it could be that you were impairing blood flow to reach the the you know the sensory surfaces of the penis. But a, long, a long-term impact of this, anything at all? Well, For someone the, that's out there. So the, the I problem it, is, I thought it could reduce the sperm production. Absolutely not. That's not true. <laughs> not true. It has nothing to do with. Fertility. I thought I thought men on bikes. Nope. Who ride have a lower sperm count. That is not true. I have never seen that, but that could be true. I don't like to imagine, I don't like to see myself as like Mr. Know it all here, but it's not in my knowledge base that that's not an issue. I mean, the testicles are certainly in there somewhere getting. I mean, I guess theoretically some testicular injury, but not because of other than that. I mean, but I thought maybe it's cutting off blood flow. Maybe that has something to do with it. No, because the blood flow to your testicles are coming down your groin. They do not go up the perineum. The groin. The groin, like where you're, you know, where you're. Um, the muscle. No, the groin is like the area to where you're in the front, I should say, in the front. It's not the, the blood vessels and nerves to your testicles come abdominally and down what we call the inguinal region. These are all like where you get hernias. Right. That has nothing to do with the perineal area. Mm. So um, I don't know if your issue was that or not, but what is shown for serious cyclists is a definite increased risk of erectile dysfunction. Mm. So, and that has to do with the fact that these arteries, these perineal, uh, sorry, pudendal arteries, they, um, if they get kind of pushed on and rubbed on enough times, say, you know, 10,000 times a day, like a cyclist would do, then those arteries getting rubbed and rubbed and rubbed, they will start to get injured. In other words, the, the, those arteries are lined with cells inside and you're rubbing them together and those cells will start to you know, deposit 
fibers and other things in response to injury, and pretty soon those arteries will get uh, plugged up, hmm. and you won't get enough blood flow to the penis. Right. And so they've done studies where they look at angiograms, like you know angiograms for the heart. Right. They'll do angiograms of the budendal arteries in serious cyclists, and they'll see that they have little areas where blood's not getting through. So okay. they can do similar surgeries and open that up? They can. They can open that up. Yes. So according to Livestrong, yep, who quotes BBC Mobile News, it's indicating that all those studies aren't conclusive. There is evidence that shows that long-distance cycling can decrease fertility in men. Okay, well, I, I hadn't heard but that. That's Livestrong.com, and that's and it's and it's referencing the BBC, BBC Mobile News. Yeah, I mean, it's not referencing like a referencing like a medical journal. Or, no, uh, no, no, no. Yeah, that's a little sketchy. And so now, that's probably why I haven't heard of it because right. I'm not up on my BBC News uh, <laughs> <laughs> medical journal. Now medical this is journal. Yeah. this is I, I I'm guessing I know. So I don't the, know about that. I'm thinking I probably know the answer to this already. But speaking of Livestrong, so Lance Armstrong yeah. rides his bike, you a know, lot. a lot. Yep. Gets testicular cancer. Any, no correlation. No correlation. No, not yeah. at all. Okay. I mean, Zero. I I had to assume that, but yeah. uh, there's a lot of activity. So, okay, good. Yeah, but um, and he's fine, which is yeah. Good. There you go. Um, any other? So let's any other exercise. You know, as people are out there, of course, there's protection that people want right. to take. Right. And if they don't, uh, there can be long term damage. I would assume. And could. I would tell. I would say this about cycling and anything really. There's there's well, cycling in particular. You, you know, you have to realize that there's also a benefit even to erections and you know, quote unquote, penile health to cycling, and that is just the cardiovascular benefit, right? So anything that's gonna give you cardiovascular benefit, running, cycling, um, you know, swimming, all of that stuff is going, for the same reason why it's good for your heart, it's also good for your penis, because it's basically going to improve blood flow into those areas, and improving blood flow is all about erections. So I've got or a Erections question. are all about all right, so blood flow. I've, I've got a question, because you, you, you say the penile member is, uh, is, a, is a vasculature... Vascular is organ. A, it's a vascular organ. And you talk about cardiovascular activity yep. and, and increasing... Uh, blood to 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 that region. So here's my question. You, you tell me after you've worked out a lot, aren't your so, erections better? So, but hold on. Are they? That's yes or no. The the answer is yes. Ah. But here's my question about swimming. What gives rise, so to speak, to this concept of shrinkage in cold water? That oh, results that from swimming. Doesn't happen to me. I'm kidding. I, you know, I don't know if that's really a, a medical phenomenon as much as it's just, uh, you know, your, um, but it's a real phenomenon. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a medical mm -hmm. issue is a different issue. There's got to be some medical reason why the member shrinks. The penis. Correct. <laughs> you remember that Seinfeld? No, I don't remember. Shrinkage. Tell me. Shrinkage. Yeah. With uh, George Costanza, it is it is a bit of a miracle. I don't know how many of our female listeners understand the amount of just action that's going on down there when you're in very cold water. I mean, I find it amazing how the the testes just they they go so far up mm -hmm. <laughs> just to stay warm. They're like yep. bundling together. They've got a little fire in there that they're warming their hands on. <laughs> <laughs> and the opposite on a really hot day, it's it's well a, for testicles for sure. And this is probably related to the question. I think is that um, testicular health, if you will, 
and particularly the fertility health. In other words, how um, efficient are your testicles at producing sperm and quantity sufficient for fertilizing somebody because of the need to propagate the species, right? right. And why are the testicles on the outside of our bodies? Because the sperm do not form very well at 98.6. They don't. They, they, if you put them at 98.6, they, their sperm production will go down. Too hot. So 98.6 is too hot. So your testicles are on the outside of your bodies so that they'll be cooler. Oh, cooler. Yeah. You want them cooler temperatures. And so that's why they're sticking out there. However, if they get too cold, then you go the wrong way. Then the sperm production goes down. So your body pulls your testicles back up. It's a, it's a homeostatic mechanism. Homeostasis, meaning there's an ideal temperature, just like inside your body. There's an ideal temperature for all the processes taking place inside your body. And when your temperature, for example, drops, um, you start shivering to get the temperature to go back up so that you can get back up to that 98.6. Same with your testicles. If the temperature on the outside in that swimming pool, it brings it down too much. That's why you could be sitting in like a hot tub and you might not see as much of a pulling up of your testicles. Okay, so that's the testes, but what about the penile member? I mean, I think that for the most part, I, I don't have a good answer. I think that that's just, again, it's it's homeostasis. It's homeostasis for any, it's like, why do your fingers turn white when you are but it's, in it's, cold it's, weather? But it's normal. It's normal. It's totally why, normal. Why do your fingers turn white? Because your blood vessels are all constricting in your extremities and keeping the blood at the core. That's for survival, right? So even if your finger falls off, you'll still hopefully live. I know where you're going to go with that that uh, imagery, <laughs> which is that, yeah, I mean, theoretically, even if your penis falls off, you'll live, except unless you're GB, you'll probably, you know, it's die. a bad It's a bad day for sure. The, uh, <laughs> um, now, if you've had a vasectomy, the, the, the testes don't get the memo, right? They're still trying to, to that's right. produce and that's make right. sure they're protected. That's right. Yeah, that's they're cool. doing all the same things. But yeah, getting back to exercise, exercise is very good for erectile health. Um, and anything that, you know, that impairs blood flow or impairs vasculature is going to impair your erections. Like smoking. Smoking will impair your erections. All right, since, since we're talking about this region and we're talking about sports... Can we talk about the phenomena of getting hit in the nuts, so to speak, and why does it hurt so much? I think the medical term is tchotchkes. Tchotchkes. <laughs> tchotchkes. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think that... Because I, I remember like being a kid riding my bike and I would fall and, on my crossbar or I was playing... A saddle injury. Or... Or I was playing baseball and I get hit in the in the groin area and I just remember like just keeling over in the fetal position and it was just hurts so much. Was you wearing an athletic or, or or getting kicked? You wearing a cup down there in baseball? No, it is a very unique pain because it's it's although it's very localized. It's, it's, it's also crippling. it feels like your whole body is yeah just, right I yeah agree. yeah. So what so what exact what exactly is happening? Well, I mean, I th again, there's a. I can't say this with tremendous authority, other than I will tell you that obviously these are highly innervated structures, and that has you know 
teleological basis, right? I mean, in other words, we teleological. are teleological. Yeah, I've never heard that word. Teleology. It's like why something came to be the way it is. Okay. Uh, from almost like an evolutionary standpoint, like what's its purpose? And and I think the highly like this podcast. Yeah. And <laughs> no, we don't know the answer to that. That's the problem. And I think that teleology for that is, you know, these are for the standpoint of propagating species, they're incredibly important structures. And so they're made to be incredibly sensitive so that you will understandably be extremely protective of them, right? So if somebody's like coming at you, you literally are gonna put your hands over your testicles because like it's gonna hurt, so you're gonna protect that's, them. That's exactly right. There, there you go. So they're highly innervated. Not, they also- you don't, you don't put them over your head. That's though, right, but. that's true. Well, that's the other structure you wanna preserve. There's one structure you're preserving for your self-preservation and the other structure you're preserving for your species preservation. But in any event, um, I think that um, any structure, any any um, structure that contains in your body, like any, well, we call this a viscous. So like your intestine or your testicles or even the globe of your eye contains like a gelatinous substance, right? So you're, you're it's, yeah, it's a, a viscous liquid. The, suffice it to say that there are certain structures in the body like the testicle, like the globe of the eye, like your intestine, that if those structures get expanded, if they get stretched out, they'll make you nauseous and you'll throw up. So it's interesting, some people could come into the emergency room and all they could be complaining about is nausea and vomiting and you're trying to figure out why. Well, one of the things on a long list of possibilities is glaucoma. Glaucoma? Yeah, glaucoma, which is increased pressure in, in the, the eye. eye. Oh, interesting. And so people, so the hopefully the emergency room doctor so, so, is, is smart enough to realize, oh, this guy could be having incredibly increased pressure. So you, know, you can have- He's going to ask the patient, like, have you noticed any visual changes? And the person might say, like, yeah, I've had some problems with my vision. And then he'll say, okay, we need to check the uh, global pressures and see if you're having a problem with glaucoma and that that's making you nauseous. But of course, the testicle expands, you're gonna say, my testicle hurts and I'm getting nauseous and throwing up from it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't know you could throw up from that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you've never seen somebody who got kicked in the balls and they start vomiting? No, I've just absolutely. seen them keel over, but oh, no, I've never no, no. seen them vomit. They can absolutely start vomiting, absolutely. Well, that must be so I've painful. Seen that. I've seen that, yeah. Hmm. I just remember as a kid, it was just so painful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, a, it's a tender area for sure. Um, I think women, I'm pretty sure, like the ovaries are also pretty sensitive, but obviously but, but those they're, are inside. they're inside right, and right, so they're right. not as uh, prone to, uh, to injury as, as testicles are. Interesting. So in your, in your practice, what other types of sports-related injuries have, have you encountered that I mean, I think the whether it's sports or or I mean, those saddle injuries are probably the most consequential in terms of that region of the body um, for a urologist to encounter um, long term. I mean, even when somebody gets, say, you know, God forbid, like a gunshot wound in their flank and it's like hit the kidney and God forbid we even have to remove a kidney, you know, you've done his this? other. Yeah. His other kidney will function. And he'll have a life, a full life, because he'll have one kidney and that's all he needs. And that's not going to really shorten his life. But what can really be impactful is a saddle injury. As I was explaining earlier, the urethra runs right down the center of the perineum, okay? Before yes. it kind of, you know, moves up into the penile urethra, the right, pendulous, right, right, as we right. call it, urethra, it's down in that center of your perineum. And if you hit that too hard, 
not only can you damage the urethra, you can you can transect it. It can literally get chopped in half, Ooh. or it just Ooh. gets incredibly injured to the point that it scars up and now you can't pee. Or oh. the worst oh. case scenario is that you could have a pelvic fracture. So remember I told you about those bones that surround the perineum, the tub the ischial tuberosities. If you get a, or, or actually what we call the pubic rami, which is the extension of those tuberosities up in the front there, that make like that A shape in the pelvis. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the, the pubic rami. Yeah, the, right, the pubic rami. Yeah. Oh my. If you, if you fracture that, it can, the cut bone can, can cross oh. the urethra. Mm. Oh my goodness. And now you've got the pelvic fracture. And whenever somebody comes in with a pelvic fracture, you always want to check the urethra to make sure the urethra wasn't damaged. Anything like that can result in lifelong problems. So does the urethra. Right, lifelong problems urinating. Does the urethra, will that expand or contract with, with pressure or with cold or with cold water that we talked about before? Or, or does that always stay constant? Uh, uh, you know, no, it's I, like I, kind I, of a spongy tubular structure. It can take a lot of sheer force. It can take a lot of impact. It can take a lot of ex expansion. It can take a lot, but, you know, up to a point. And in a certain types of injuries, sports injuries like saddle injuries, or what have you, a car accident or anything, you can end up with a pelvic fracture or not a pelvic fracture that ultimately injures that urethra. And that's a lifelong problem because you can hope that it'll heal up properly, but if it doesn't, we have to do all kinds of procedures to get it to you know, be a proper conduit to urine. So for the, not the extreme injury, but for the everyday cyclist or someone, the, the um, home, remedy should you say is it the bag of peas is it the is it a hot tub you know what's what's the best thing someone does in the hour or two after this type of well for what kind of let's complaint? just say your average saddle you know injury i mean i think these are kind of basic tenants but i think if you're dealing with something where you've you know hit yourself in your testicle or something on your bike ride you actually you know accidentally kind of you know compressed your testicle and now you feel like your testicles almost swollen the best thing is ice for initial treatment of swelling. I think from what you're talking about, um, where you're literally trying to get like resumption of blood flow and stuff like that, heat. So like a hot bath would be my inclination. That heat is going to draw more blood flow to that area, mm. and you're gonna you're gonna resolve does, your issues faster. Does friction create heat? It does. Okay. Yeah. I, I see where you're going with two that. Two men and a physicist now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, have, I, I have another question right. uh, along the lines of, of, of cycling and swimming, for that matter. Um, I've experienced that, af that during a long cycle or after a cold swim, that sometimes it, it is harder to pee. It doesn't come out as quickly because it seems to me that that the structures have constricted. Is that is that something that? I mean, I think I can. It's not something that I have you experienced hear. that, JT. Not that I recall. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I I'd mean, like I to, can... I'd like to yes and you on this, but I don't think I can. <laughs> um, I, I can come up with theoretical bases for that. I mean, you know, for instance, with the cycling again, you're you're kind of. Uh, repetitively compressing that urethra, that that 
it's actually what we technically call the bulbar urethra, which is the part of the urethra that travels right in that perineal spot. And you're compressing it over and over again. You could think that it swells up. And any kind of tubular structure that swells, you have to remember there's an outer diameter, but there's the inner diameter. And when it swells, it's going to constrict the inner diameter. So maybe your, your stream is going to be slower. Um, and then as far as swimming, swimming. goes, so th think about going to the ocean, right? The ocean and it's cold, the water's in the 60 degrees here. I can only think it gets back to our other conversation, which is that you're these, these, um, and you guys structures. have not experienced this coming out of the ocean. I find this hard to believe. I just pee in the ocean. It solves, it solves the problem. There you go. There you go. I don't um, know. Right. I mean, I note think to self, don't, don't go to, don't go swimming with Jay. <laughs> Um, I'm kidding. I, I don't know. I think that um, for humor. Yeah. I think I think it gets back to what we talked about before, like these these appendages on the outside of our bodies kind of, you know, retract like our penis. And I think in doing so, things get constricted and smaller. Yes, and yes, so there's yes, you know, and I, so it's a resistance issue, yes. resistance to flow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think and, and you have to remember Laplace's law, right? Which is uh, oh, of course, yeah, Laplace's, Laplace's law, which of course, which basically tells you that the diameter of a tube is inversely related to the resistance by the power of four. So that means that if um, if you have a diameter that um, say gets bigger, then you take that increase in diameter and to the power of four, not by the multiple of four, but by the power of four, that is how much your resistance will drop. And then the opposite is true. So if that diameter decreases, hmm. the change in that ratio, in that radius, you take it to the power of four and the resistance will go up. Of course, that's just common knowledge. <laughs> Wow. You knew that. I knew you knew Laplace's law because you were asking me right. just before we started talking. Like, and talk to me about Laplace's law. I really want to know about that. <laughs> well, on that, on that very and Laplace. Yeah, I mean, I, let's, let's, my brain is just exploding <laughs> with the knowledge I've gained in this half hour. To uh, the power of four. To the yeah, probably. That's a lot. Listen, the moral of the story is: go to your local bike shop and get a better bike seat. There you God's go. Say. That's a good. That's a good moral. All right. There you have it. Well, Doc, uh, this has been helpful as always. GB. Thank you. GB. Thank man. you. You're, you're bringing. You're making it real, like always. Keeping it real. You are. <laughs> keeping it real. Thank you. Have a good week, you guys. Bye. So that's our show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Two Men and a Doc is hosted by Dr. Michael Hyman, GB, and Jay Tannenbaum. Produced by Jay Tannenbaum. The views and opinions expressed here by Dr. Hyman are based on his medical training and experience, but if you or someone you know are experiencing any medical issues, you should, of course, consult your own physician. We welcome your questions about men's health or anything you've heard on this podcast. So write to us at mail at twomenandadoc.com. That's M-A-I-L at twomenandadoc.com. If you live in the Los Angeles area and want to see Dr. Hyman, you can find his contact info at drhymanla.com. That's D-R-H-Y-M-A-N-L-A.com. And these links are also in the show notes. That's it for this week. See you next time on Two Men and a Doc.